the road, there's just bush, and if you follow that, you end up at the river. And so what they said, and I was super hyped about this, they said they're going to put a dam wall across the Barkins River, and it's going to become a new water storage for the city of Port Elizabeth. And I thought, I said to T, this is going to be amazing. I mean, imagine staying with your folks now right on the edge of a dam. And I was really excited. I could get up in the morning, go fishing over there, didn't even need to go down to the beach and all of this. And uh, read all of this, shared it with us, really excited. And the next day, I looked back and guess what the day before was? <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I must admit, I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you the story, but anyway. But the point I'm trying to make is that there was also some fake news doing the rounds in Christian circles in this, in this region of Galatia. And in, in fact, in, in Galatians chapter 3, Paul suggests that, that, that some of these Galatian Christians had actually been bewitched. Uh, it's as though somebody had cast a spell on them and they had deviated from what they'd first been taught. You foolish Galatians, chapter 3, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I want to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you had heard? And they would begun to embrace, if I can use the, this, the phrase, a brand of Christianity that was beginning to undermine the good news. They were being taught that you don't just become a believer, a Christian by believing in Jesus, but you needed to be circumcised as well. You need to, needed to observe certain laws and principles. But in fact, what makes the good news the good news is this. It's what God has done for you. That's good news. The good news isn't what you've done for God. The good news is what God's done for you. The good news is this. God has been merciful to you. You didn't have to earn anything. You didn't need to do anything. God has chosen to be merciful to you. God has made a way for people to be in a relationship with Him. Not because we've done anything, but because He's done it all for us. That's the good news. That's why when Paul was writing to the Romans in chapter 5 and, and verse 8, he said, God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Now, somebody had come along to the Galatians and they were trying to undo all of this by suggesting that it's way more than just believing in Jesus. And so Paul's response is, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and you are turning to a different gospel which is in fact no gospel at all. You see, the good news that was preached, the good news that these Galatians had heard right up front is that God forgives sin because people believe in Jesus, not because of what they have done. Do you believe that? Here's the question I want to ask you. When you spend time with God, when you're talking to God, when you are praying, and you are reminded of something from the past, do you repent of it all over again? Lord, I'm sorry, you remember that stuff? And God's saying, I'm not sure that I do. I'm serious. We have an ability to remember our past 
The beautiful thing about the good news, it says, He separates your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. And God is the only person in all of the universe who can say, I do not remember. Don't waste your time going back there. Because you remember your past does not mean that God holds that against you anymore. The good news is that God answers prayer because of Jesus, not because you've had three good weeks where you've been obedient. <laughs> Can I say that? You know we all fall into the same trap, don't we? It's like, God, I'm not so sure you're going to answer this prayer. Lord, you know, you remember yesterday? You remember, uh, you remember what happened the day? I'm not talking about people who deliberately sinning. I'm talking about we all ma- anybody not made a mistake or done something wrong in the past week, put up your hand because I need counseling. Friends, when we come to the Lord, He answers our prayers just because of Jesus. Isn't that brilliant? God constantly gives us what we deserve just because of Jesus. It's called grace. He keeps giving you what you do not deserve because of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that's really good news for me. Paul's concern over here for the Galatians is they were actually buying into this new teaching. Believe in Jesus and be circumcised. Chapter 3, verse 5. Does God give you His Spirit? And does God work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or because you believe what you have heard? In chapter 5, you were running such a good race who cut in in front of you and kept you from obeying the truth. And I've discovered the same thing still happens today, but it's not around the issue of circumcision. I, I would say to you that our generation is a generation that are pretty free from externals, that are, we're trying to uphold to prove that we are kind of good people in the sight of God. I think that, that day is gone for us, certainly. I'd say we've almost gone to the other extreme of that. It's kind of quite a lot goes under the the banner of freedom today. But I want to suggest to you this morning is in our generation, we have now internalized that. It's no longer about outward behavior, but it's something that we have internalized. It's something that we don't always notice about people, but you need to look into your own heart to discover whether you've started to embracing some of this, I need to do certain things to prove to God I'm worthy of. We're a generation that has so much at our fingertips, and the one thing I've discovered we struggle with, and that every person on this planet craves, is love. Every person wants to be loved. What is one of the great characteristics of God? I love you because of Jesus. I've come to reveal my love to you because of Jesus. And how often don't we struggle with that? You've maybe grown up in a situation where you've not really experienced that kind of love. You've been in a family where it's work, work, work. It's possessions, possessions, possessions. It's have all that you like. And the one thing that's missing from so so many people's lives is this love thing. And then what happens is we come to God and we, before the Lord we say, Lord, I kind of need to prove that I'm worth loving. 
I know this morning, and I'm not hazarding, I guess I've been a pastor for a long time. There are people this morning that really struggle to accept and receive the fact that God loves you unconditionally. We're living in a a really competitive culture at the moment. And it often leaves people feeling that they do not have value unless they've accomplished certain things. And I don't know if you noticed this, but that seems to be what's showcased all over on social media. We hear of all the success stories of people all over the world. You can go on social media today and you can discover all the success stories of everybody all around the world. And then it gives you a few tips on how you can become like that as well. And so what happens, we often lose sight of the fact that God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm sometimes sad that we make such a big deal when somebody very prominent comes to Christ. I think we need to make a big deal of all of the ordinary people that come to Christ. You see, God, God does not save people because they're great and famous and have made a name and been so successful. He saves them because He loves and cares for them. But then I want to touch on what I, what I, what I call the, the religious spirit of our age that has crept into the church more often than I would like to think. It's a, it's a kind of a self-righteous spirit. It's that I'm better than you attitude. It's where we, we kind of evaluate ourselves against one another. It's that same thing that Paul is touching on. It's that thing of what I have done that makes me a little bit better. And it manifests itself in the way we judge people. It's something that we see among the Pharisees in the New Testament where they were more concerned about what other people were like than what Jesus was like. In Luke chapter 7, and I'm, I haven't got the scriptures up, but you can read them later. In Luke chapter 7, we read the account of a woman. The Bible says she was a sinful woman. And you don't have to use your imagination too much to work out what she was probably up to. But she comes to Jesus. He was, he was having a meal in the home of a Pharisee. And you remember that what she does, she is weeping profusely. Jesus' feet are dirty. He has been walking the dusty roads. The Bible tells us that the Pharisee hadn't done him the courtesy of washing his feet. And with her tears are just pouring down his feet. And she takes her long hair and uses her hair like a towel. And she begins to wipe the dirt and the dust and the tears off his feet. And then she takes this, this bottle of expensive perfume and she opens it. And once it's open, it's always open. And she pours it over his feet. And, and this Pharisee, the Bible says, and he said to himself. In other words, he didn't say it to Jesus. He didn't to somebody else near him. He just in, internalized it. And he said this to himself. If he knew who that woman was, he would know who's touching him. The kind of woman that she is. And the point is, he did know. He was more worried about the kind of person Jesus was associating with than the fact that that's why Jesus came to associate with people like that. I say that this morning is that it's very easy for us, you and me, to become 
like the Pharisee rather than like Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We are meant to be those who truly represent Christ in this world. I think you, many of you have been long, around long enough to know somebody comes and we hear about their background and it's not too long before we are saying to ourselves. And Jesus would say, those are the people I hang out with. The people that we often make feel uncomfortable when they are here are the people Jesus wants to be here. It's who He is. And that's why Paul is so concerned about what was happening to these Galatian believers. But getting back to chapter 5, here's the concern he verbalizes. A little yeast affects the whole dough. Now, these people that he was writing to understood that principle perfectly. Once a year, they would have the feast of unleavened bread. They would make bread without yeast. All of them understood better than we do. Just a grain or two of, of yeast was going to affect the whole loaf. And so Paul is saying, if you're going to start believing the stuff that's being taught, believe in Jesus plus being circumcised, plus new moon festivals, plus this, plus that. He said that kind of thing is going to start infiltrating everything because a little bit of yeast affects the whole loaf. What he means is this. What you and I are meant to be to our community, being Jesus to our community, starts to become affected. Because instead of being like Jesus, we start adopting that critical spirit. The way people treat one another is affected. You see, we're supposed to love one another how? As Jesus loved us. I'm often amazed at the way Jesus treated people. It often blows me right out the water. I think it blows me out the water because I wouldn't have treated them like that. <laughs> We're supposed to love our neighbor. Remember the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan and, and what actually happened in that parable. And he says, you need to love your neighbor and tells the story so we can figure out we are meant to be a neighbor to people around about us. When you start believing this stuff, it starts to entrench itself in everything that we do. Friends, the only way to deal with this is recognize it. Recognize it when it raises its head. Recognize sometimes when you come before the Lord, you need to say to Him, God, I find it very difficult to accept the fact that you love me because of stuff that's happened in the past. I find it extremely difficult to say that you are my child, you are my son, you are my daughter. I have poured out my spirit into your heart. Because Lord, I sometimes don't feel valued at all. And we need to repent of that. And we need to resist it at all costs. If you don't, it will rob you of the freedom. It will rob me of my freedom. That I meant to have in Christ. And that's why Paul says, as for those agitators, I'd wish they'd go the whole way and they would emasculate themselves. And then Paul, Paul touches on an issue that I, I thought would be quite relevant for us this morning. He speaks about the offense of the cross in verse 11. And I think you've got uh, the scripture over there. The offense of the cross. 
And the word offense that he's using over here is meaning the stumbling block of the cross. You know what the stumbling block of the cross is? Most people find it almost impossible to really accept that when Jesus died on the cross, he dealt with all of their sin and all of their failure and all of their guilt and all of their past. Do you and are you able to receive that? That at the cross, the debt was paid and the price was paid and the sin was dealt with and the past was dealt with and the present was dealt with and the future was dealt with because that's the good news of the cross. And I don't know about you, but there have been times I've found that really hard to be able to receive. It's all paid. It's the stumbling block of the cross. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to pray right now. I want to ask the Lord to show you this morning if this is something that subtly made its way into your heart and into your life. Whether the cross is enough or whether you're needing to add on to that and build on to that and prove something to God. The sad thing is that you can't and you don't need to. Might be you. you might have been coming to church for years. You might say, John, I'm one of the most churched and religious people here. I want to ask you a question. Have you met Jesus? And do you know Jesus Christ? The forgiver of sins. The one who said it's for freedom that Christ has come to set you free. Friends, you can be free in Jesus this morning. Not in bondage to your past, what people have said and the way you've grown up. You can be free in Jesus today. You can be free to love. You can be free to have joy. You can be free to have peace. You can be free to be that kind of person today. So Father, I want to ask this morning. Now Lord, that where things have a hold on people's lives, Lord, whether it's been through their upbringing and they've not truly known what it's like to be loved. And Lord, that's held them in, in such bondage for so many years. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, reveal that to people this morning. Just the word that um, is coming to me again this morning. It's the word doubt. And I'm not talking about doubting on the odd occasion. I'm talking about the fact that whenever you come to the Lord, there seems to be doubt that has hold of you. 
seems to really have a grip on your life. That's true of you today. Why don't you say, God, I want to be free of that. Because Jesus came that his followers would be free. This is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to His will, we have what we have asked of Him. You might be sitting here this morning and saying to yourself, I've accomplished absolutely nothing. There are no degrees I have behind my name. I was never the captain of a sports team. I've never had any significant accomplishments between, behind my name. I want to say to you today, God loves you and cares for you. And He never did that because you have accomplished anything. You've got caught up with a, a critical or judgmental spirit. It happens to all of us. I don't want to be critical of anybody just to be honest. And I want to be honest to say it happens to me from time to time. You never want to have that, that judgmental, critical spirit towards other people when we are here to be Jesus. You know what I found? We are able to be like Jesus when we know He loves us. When we know and receive our own forgiveness and walk in our own forgiveness. It's very hard to point out somebody else's sin and failure when all you're conscious of is your own forgiveness and restoration. that's what's happened to you recognize it repent of it turn away from it leave it with the Lord today might be the day the Lord is calling you to himself Today might be the day when you're just saying, John, I want that freedom for my life today. I want to know what it means to, to, to have the past behind me, sin forgiven, cleansed, a brand new person. I don't want to walk in that stuff anymore from today onwards. I have a sense that there is somebody like that. This has been a struggle for you for a little while now. 
has been what you've done in your past. Will you give it to Jesus today? Say, Lord, I'm going to lay this down. I'm bringing this to you. I don't want to journey with that stuff anymore. I don't want to have that reputation anymore. I don't want to live with that stuff having you over my head anymore. I'm bringing it to you. You'd like to do that right now in your heart. Say, God, I'm giving it to you. I recognize my sin and failure. I recognize what I've done. I repent of that, Lord, and I'm leaving it there. I'm leaving it with you. That's you this morning. There's something I want to pray for you. I want to say to you, the Lord release you today from that which held you captive. The Lord release you today. The Lord release you in His forgiveness and His freedom. Today, let today be a brand new day for you. A day of walking in the freedom of the Lord. song.